feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled TIFF review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Hey, Matt. How are you? Day one, buddy. Day one. The adrenaline's so. pumping. I didn't get much sleep last night. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like Al Pacino in Insomnia, just you know, staring out of a window. <laughs> Except you know, it wasn't in Alaska, and it wasn't always sunny. It was just it was in you know, dystopian Saskatchewan. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely um, not. Yes, it is day one of the 2021 Toronto International Film Festival. At least the morning before Eric and I head out to a couple screenings. Um, we will be covering the entirety of the Toronto International Film Festival. We already have a couple of reviews up that you guys can check out um, for Memoria and T10. Um, we'll be covering the entire festival on podcast services, on Untitled Movie Reviews, and right here on YouTube. So uh, if you want to hit subscribe, hit that notification bell, you'll be getting you know, 20 to 30 plus reviews over the next, you know, week and a half, two weeks or even further. That uh, dear Evan Hansen review is going to come in hot. That's coming tonight, baby, probably right when we get home. (laughs) So opening night. Um, But today uh, we are reviewing Dennis Goulet's Night Raiders, a Canadian film that is playing the festival that previously played Berlin uh, earlier this year. Um, Eric, let's just get right into it. Uh, what is Night Raiders? Yeah, so I'll just give this the elevator pitch. And and I mean, you know, you kind of set it up nicely. Um, this is uh, Danis Goulet's um, feature-length directorial debut. She used to be a uh, programmer at TIFF and also is, correct, uh, is yeah. a uh, former director of the Imagination uh, uh, Film Festival. Um, this is a... Imaginative. Sorry. Imaginative, pardon me. Uh, she is the um, the direct writer-director here, and what she has done is created a sort of sci-fi dystopian thriller in the vein of Orwellian sort of aesthetic from the point of view of two indigenous characters, uh, a mother and daughter, as they kind of try to survive um, a world in which a federal academy is capturing children uh, under the age of 18 and basically uh, assimilating them into a military complex. And it's to do with sort of the ideas of resilience and also looking how history is cyclical, even though this takes place in a futuristic setting. It has a lot to do with the idea of... um, you know, colonization, colonization and, and residential schools. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's all there on a kind of surface level. And there's some things there that I, I really do respect when it comes to the idea of making a science fiction um, epic and sort of world building. And anybody that takes that on, whether it be an independent production or a, you know, big mainstream uh, studio movie, it's always hard to kind of, basically encapsulate a world in one movie, especially when the film is short. This is um, a Canadian New Zealand co-production and you know, you, you see executive produced by Taika Waititi. Yeah. And some of it was shot in New Zealand. Some of it was shot in Saskatchewan. Um, You see a kind of world where I think when it works best, you know, you see the, 
chaos and sort of loss of innocence on the peripheries than you do sort of in the the main frame and and when it comes to some of the cgi or the augmentation of special effects it's a little bit dodgy and i would say i think its ambition kind of gets exceeds its it's, yeah the execution and it definitely feels like it's one of those movies that it does have a lot to say and and again you are incredibly grateful to have that experience in watching something that is using genre in a way Absolutely, to sort of yeah. mix metaphor. Um, but overall it, it's ambition exceeds it's, you know, uh, yeah. modest sort of uh, production. And I think that's what ultimately sort of hurts some of the third act structure, which feels like, I don't know if it, if it came down to, you know, editing or even sort of reworking the script, but there are moments where there are setups and payoffs or, or lack thereof payoffs that don't work or feel like, you know, they were going for something that never fully explored. And the film that it reminds me of, I don't know if you felt this way, so maybe we can do a countdown and see if we were thinking. I don't know if we're going to be on the same one, but, but let's, let's, let's see. I mean, it'll still be interesting on the count of three. I mean, you could name and here uh, before this, uh, you could name any young adult movie from, you know, the mid two thousands onward. And I feel like you'll kind of right get at least an element of this anyways three two one children of men children of men too yeah well i I mean amanda Plummer is in the uh is in this movie and also in the hunger game sequels um but it also reminded me of children of men where you see again in the background you know uh, refugees being sort of yeah, in prison and even the way that amanda Plummer's character is played she's almost like uh, i want more the young adult territory than children of men but yeah. yeah i totally i totally get what you're saying yeah. yeah and that film was released 15 years ago and it's still as you oh, know it rocks it rules well no it's it's not just gr- a great movie but it still has a, a power to it like it feels as, as very as relevant poignant, yeah, yeah and relevant as it is as it was 15 years ago as it is today and i think this movie you know the themes that it's covering that we mentioned like a colonization residential schools the cyclical nature of just the you know shittiness of you know government in north america and, and stuff like that that i i think is really interesting and, and and we've said it before that using genre and whether it's sci-fi or horror or whatever post-apocalyptic um you know dystopian kind of thing as like a playing with that those themes with these you know bigger social kind of commentary things is is interesting and i like the concept of that i just think in the execution that you mentioned surface level that like um you know i get what it's saying it is there it's very kind of blunt and overt but um i don't think it necessarily kind of nails that or goes into like uh anything deeper than just kind of displaying it for you and i think that was maybe one of my biggest issues with it and like overall i think it's mostly fine i think it's pulling from a lot of the tropes of that dystopian young adult kind of genre over the like i said over the last kind of 15 years or stuff i just don't think any of it stuck with me and then some of the performances um uh, i kind of couldn't get behind um you know, a little rough around the edges to the point where I couldn't kind of get invested in the characters or the setting, um, which is mostly like most people are okay, but like the young girl in the movie, like even from the moment she gets that kind of bear trap on her ankle in the very beginning, I'm just like, oh, she's not selling this very well. And the I the effect like, itself is actually um, quite yeah, good, though. Uh, sure. Um, uh, but I just, it, 
from that moment on, I felt like any dramatic moment in the movie was just, I couldn't buy into it just based on the performances. And then we talked a little bit about the CG and, you know, it's a Canadian film, uh, New Zealand co-production, lower budget. Um, So sometimes I think when you have these big ambitious kind of ideas that we're going to have, you know, these drones that follow people around that are tracking people, surveillance and like attacking people that like sometimes I feel like if you don't have the budget for that, sometimes you need to kind of come up with something a little bit more um, creative or uh, something that works within your budget, where I felt like to me personally, none of those effects really worked very well. And it looked like I was watching that kind of, you know, CBC or sci-fi network, like afternoon special kind of movie thing. And like, um, and that just, again, takes me out of it where I feel like if you have a lower budget, you can, I think the setting is cool. And you mentioned it, like the look of everything. Um, it's like dreary. Actual- it's gray. It has a sort of Soviet union era yeah. look because the idea of this story being a dystopian world, you know, in, in the intro of the film and as, as the story progresses and something I actually kind of like is that it doesn't necessarily spoon feed you, uh, sort of what the world and, and, stuff, and yeah. th- this kind of like civil war that broke out. You have to kind of learn about it as you go on in the same way that like, you know, a lot of indigenous filmmakers aren't going to spoon feed or force feed you to learn about the atrocities that have happened in North America. You need to learn about this yourself and you Mm -hmm. need to, you know, educate yourself on it and, and you can listen and learn from those who have had those experiences, but it's important for you to, you know, get out there and, 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 and read and, and learn and understand what happens. And, and I feel like this movie is making a point of not necessarily trying to give you everything right away, even though it's familiar, it is very familiar. Like even familiar, we said surface level, but I feel like at least, um, it being that way, you can kind of look into these things after and understand kind of what, you know, uh, Dennis is kind of portraying in the movie. Like you said, you can, it's displaying them for you but it's up to you to go back and go okay i see what this movie's doing and hopefully it not introduces but you know well it introduces a lot of stuff that almost feels like either a this is this is setting up maybe some sort of franchise or series because there's stuff that like again another filmmaker that um it reminded me of a little bit is Neil Blomkamp's first couple of movies where you have district nine and Elysium, mm-hmm. especially with like the Elysium stuff of, you know, characters wanting to, you know, enter a utopian society. You know, they mm-hmm. keep talking about uh, the Emerson state in this uh, movie and the idea that like people live there, have a better life than the world. Well, that that's why I, the hunger game stuff, like, yeah, there's no tournament of kids, but kids are, you know, obviously uh kidnapped by the government here and put into uh, you know these schools and they're teaching them to fight for them and then um brainwash and then brainwash them and then also you like you mentioned like this other district that you can go live in that the wealthy live in or the that's supposed to be much better than what you're in so yeah i, I think i mean maze runner you know any young adult kind of um you know, the government are assholes movie. Um, but even like 1984 as well. Yeah, right? God, you can go back even further. But I just mean that like um, it really does feel like one of those young adult movies and not a, a horrible one by any means. I just don't think it clicked with the performances and the CG. And, you know, I, I understood what it was displaying for me, but I don't feel like it went deep into those themes that it kind of ended up just being kind of okay for me and, and lowering on the uh, mixed negative to mixed positive for me. 
Um, so, and I agree with you that like, it does seem like maybe something that you might see pop up on CBC or something as a series or, or something if, if this uh, gets a half decent reception, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little mixed on it. I, I wasn't too hot on it. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way where, again, I appreciate the ambition and mm. what it is saying and everything that it is saying, I agree with. And the idea of like, even just losing your culture, you know, yeah. you see uh, Nishka uh, played by Ellie Maya Tailfeathers, you know, she can understand some of the dialect, but she can't really sort of have, you know, these conversations with, you know, the elder generation. And, yeah. and, and so I think that that's something as well. And the idea of like, you know, Western culture, just consuming everything and poisoning the land. And again, mm -hmm. these metaphors and, and references to what is going on in North America in terms of the indigenous population is, you know, very relevant and, 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 and important yeah. to discuss, whether it be in, you know, a documentary or a coming of age film or yeah. sci-fi or genre in general. And I think genre is, is a great space to explore these themes and ideas and do it in a heady way. And you can't help but respect what Goulet is doing here, even though, as we have mentioned, the ambition outweighs sort of the execution of what the movie is, um, especially in that third act where it just kind of feels like it's setting up certain things that don't have these payoffs. Payoffs, yeah. And Tailfeathers is a, is a great, you know, filmmaker in in her own right. I mean, she worked on a film a few years ago as a co-director and, and co-creator uh, called uh, The Body Remembers When the World uh, Broke Open, um, which uh, Ava DuVernay's company picked up for U.S. distribution. Um, and actually, Violet Nelson, who was her co-star in that film, also has a small role in this. So, you again, there's a lot of things to really respect and admire. And I will Absolutely, always yeah. appreciate a Canadian film taking these big swings and doing something really Absolutely, interesting yeah. than watching something that is just a documentary about nature. Yeah. Or even some other young adult kind of schlock that's not really even trying to say anything that's just, you know, there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on every point. Um, So I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a 3 out of 5. Yeah. Um, so thank you all for listening. We'll be covering uh, the entirety of the Toronto International Film Festival, like I mentioned. So right here on YouTube, please hit subscribe, hit that notification bell. You'll get all of our reviews over the next week and a half to two weeks. Uh, if you prefer an audio version or you're listening to the audio version, you're already in the right spot. Untitled Movie Reviews. Uh, to find everything we're doing, uh, you can head over to our letterbox, which is untitled underscore movies. Our letterbox HQ will have all of our ratings, our reviews, our YouTube videos, links to our social handles, links to Eric and I's personal handles handles uh all that kind of jazz so you guys can head over there that's all i'm gonna plug for now because that's all we're doing over the next two weeks so uh we will have a smattering of other reviews like kate on netflix and and, and things like that uh, maybe card counter different things um but you'll just see those pop up on untitled movie reviews and youtube as well uh so thank you all for listening as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com uh, right here on youtube podcast services and you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Happy Tiffmas.